All right, I will say good morning, good morning, Agatiar, a good Shabbos to everyone. It's such a schos to be able to begin the daf together in this new tikkuf. It's not the new year, Barchim, we've already been doing the daf together in the new year, but so beautiful to do it after Yom Kippur when hopefully, Baruch Hashem, we just all feel different, the world feels different, and it's just an incredible wave of, of simcha, of optimism, of hope for what the coming year holds. So what a, what a way to begin. And with our beloved Daf, to begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Avram and Shandy Kalman for dedicating all the sheer memory of their parents, Jack Bennett for dedicating all the sheer in honor of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport, and Dr. Linda Weinberg in memory of her husband, Paul, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz Moshe Ben Avram David. The week of our week of learning sponsors, the Rosen and Miller families, as a zechus for Rafu Shlimer for Chaim Yosef Ben Batya, Said and Simahakin, in honor of all of those who helped to make the outdoor minion on Rosh Hashanah, the Stanger and Weinberg families, in honor of Doug Stanger's special birthday, and our day of learning sponsors, Jerry and Abby Applebaum, in commemoration of the art site of Abby's grandfather, and to celebrate their grandson's first birthday. We thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity, and above with that, let us begin a lot to do today. So we are picking up today's daf is Yud Zion, and we are picking up on Tess Zion Amud Bey's 16B at the two dots, I apologize for getting started a few minutes late. Baruch Hashem, some technical difficulties. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a new haschala without some type of turbulence. That's the way every single new beginning starts. So halavai, this should be the extent of our t- life turbulence. Emirat Hashem. Well, see with that, the Gemara says as follows: Dibay lehu halacha karebi lekula olechona. So if remember again. The Gemara just finished talking about whether or not one is permitted to go ahead and make an Erev Chatseros. Well, it's an Erev Chatseros, Erev Tchumen, on Yom Tiv that goes into Shabbos, right? So if you have Yom Tiv on Friday, Shabbos usually falls out on Shabbos. So can you go ahead and make an Erev Tchumen and an Erev Chatseros on Friday? So the Gemara says, so Shmuel said the Halacha follows Rebbe. Rebbe says you can make an Erev Chatseros, but you can't make an Erev Tchumen. So says the Gemara, When we say that the halacha follows Rebbe, does the halacha follow Rebbe l'kula or l'chumra? So pshita to l'kula ka'amar. So the Gemara says pshita to l'kula. It's obvious that it's clear. So Rebbe's position is a makil position, right? At the end of the day, Rebbe held that halacha l'mais. You can make an erev chaseros, but you can't make an erev tchumen. Remember again, what was Rebbe's logic? Rebbe said that since on Yom Tiv itself. There is no din of Erev Chatzeros because you could carry. Therefore, that which is permitted, you're of course permitted to do. Tchumen does apply on Yom Tiv. And therefore, again, you can't make an Erev Tchumen. Now, why is there a suffix? Mishum Dushalach, Rabbi Lazar Lagola, because Rabbi Lazar one time sent to Chutz Laaretz, Lo Kisha'atem Shonim Babavel, Rabbi Matir Bechachamim Osrim. You have the wrong attribution. It's not like you say in Babel that Rabbi is the one who is Matir making an Erev Chatseros on Yom Tiv, and the Chachamim Aser, Ella, Rebbe Oser, the Chachamim Matirim. Rather, again, it is Rebbe who says that it's Aser, and the Chachamim say that it's Mutter. So, so therefore, again, when we say the Halachas like Rebbe, which version of Rebbe are you referring to? So says the Gemara, oh, I'm sorry. Jeremy, everything's frozen. I'm sorry. 
Okay, we're just we're gonna we're gonna go like there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe just shake it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, hit it. Okay. So it says the Gemara. So Tashma, the Rav Tachlifa Bar Avdimi over Uvda Kavasi the Shmuel. Rav Rav Tachlifa Bar Avdimi he passed in accordance with Shmuel. Shmuel, remember again, said that the halacha follows Rabbi. Va'amarav Tchilas Horah Dehaitzur Mirabban Lekulkula. And ultimately, again, Rav said that the beginning of the Psak Halacha life of this particular Talmud Chacham is flawed. Now Rav says he didn't like his Psak. Se'i amrit bishlama l'kula ka'amar hayna kilkula. Good? No. Oh. All right, so ultimately, again, if halacha l'maysa, if you say that Rebbe was paskining l'kula, then ultimately that's the kilkul that could come out of it. Ele'i amrit l'chumra, my kilkula. But if you hold that Rebbe is l'chumra, namely that halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, that Rebbe is L'chumra, naming that you can't go ahead and make an air of Chatseros. So then Halacha Lamaisa, what Kilkul could come out of that? Kevin the Makalkili, but Rabbim, Hainu Kilkul, the top of your Zion. So it's Rashi, last Rashi, and that says Shashokhin, Mutatlin, the Erev. The Kilkul that could come out of it is if you're Machmir, and you say that you can't make an air of Chatseros on Yomdiv, then Halacha Lamaisa, people may come to go ahead and end up carrying. Therefore, again, the Gemara says, Amarava, Amarav Chista, Amarav Huna, Halacha Karebi Velasar. That the Halacha, in fact, in fact follow, follows Rebbe Luchumra. Which, and we'll say, this is how the Shulchan Arach paskins as well. The Shulchan Arach says that Halacha Lamaisa on Yom Tiv, which goes into Shabbos, and let's say again, you forgot to make your Eir of Tchumin, you forgot to make your Eir of Chatseros, Halacha Lamaisa, we don't do that on Yom Tiv. So that's how he paskin like Rebbe, but in accordance with the strict version of Rebbe. Beautiful. Tan Rabbanon. So we'll say we come now to a new sugya. Any chance? Good? Okay. Make a new sugya. All right. Tan Rabbanon. Yom Tov Shechalios B'Shabbos. So we'll say the Gemara says as follows. What happens when Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos? Be'Sham. We'll say we're transitioning a little bit over here to talk about Tefillah. Beautiful, beautiful Gemara. So Yom Tov, which falls out on Shabbos. So how do you daven? Beishamai Omrim, Mispalo Shmona, Vaomer Shal Shabbos Bifne Atzmo. So Beishamai says that when Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos, you daven and eat Bracha Shmona Esrei. Now, what does that mean in eat Bracha Shmona Esrei? The first three, the last three, and in the middle, there are two supplemental Brachas one for Shabbos and one for Yom Tov. Vaomer Shal Shabbos Bifne Atzmo, Vesha Yom Tov Bifne Atzmo. Ubeisilo Omrim Beisilo say, Mispalo Sheva. Basilo says, no, you go ahead and you daven seven brachas. What happens? And we'll say, so according to Basilo, what happens? That middle bracha, that middle bracha is a combination of Shabbos and Yom Tov. Thank you very much. Chevron Zoom, I'm sorry. So we're going with this. Okay. Sorry, you're going to get my side profile. Should have trimmed my beard a little bit. I apologize. All right. And Jeremy, YouTube's working also? Good. I was, uh, thank you. That really, that really boosted my confidence significantly. All right. Okay. Okay, good. I'll leave it. Okay. Good. Ubeisila Omrim, Mispalo Sheva. 
Beis Hillel says that halacha l'maysa, we go ahead and we only daven seven brachas. Maschil b'shel Shabbos, or Misayim b'shel Shabbos. Beis Hillel says that what we do is we go to daven seven brachas. What does it mean seven brachas? Meaning I both say that you daven the first three, the last three, and only one middle bracha. And inside of that middle bracha, inside of that middle bracha is both Shabbos and Yom Tiv. However, Maschil b'shel Shabbos, the way the middle bracha starts ultimately again is Shabbos, and ultimately, again, it ends with Shabbos as well. But there are Yom Tov insertions. There are Yom Tov insertions. Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, And Rabbi says the way that you conclude that middle bracha is Mekadesh HaShabbos, Yisrael v'Hazmanim. That order is going to be very important, as we'll see in just a moment. Tani Ravina. There was a particular Tana who talked in front of Ravina, and he said the way to end the bracha is, Mekadish Yisrael v'ashabaz v'hazmanim. The way to end it, I will say, is where, where you put the Yisrael. Is it Mekadish HaShabaz, Yisrael v'hazmanim, or Mekadish Yisrael ha-shabas v'hazmanim? Amr Aleis, they said to him, that doesn't make sense. Atu Shabbos, Yisrael Mekadshilei, v'ashabaz Mekadsha v'kaima. Ela ima, Mekadish HaShabaz Yisrael v'hazmanim. So says, it's actually quite beautiful. So the Gemara says as follows. So the order over here is incredibly important. Because think about this for just a moment. When you have just a regular yantiv, how do we end off the, the bracha and Shemona Esrei? Mekadish Yisrael v'hazmanim. Or for that matter, Kiddush, right? Mekadish Yisrael v'hazmanim. That order is very specific. Because we'll say, who determines the timing of Yom Tiv? Who determines it? Yisrael. We do. Right? Because depending on when we declare the new month, ultimately, again, we'll determine when Halacha Lamaisa Yom Tiv is. That's why the Lashon of the Bracha is, Mekadish Yisrael Vazmanim. But if you're going to go ahead and say, Mekadish Yisrael Vahashabas Vazmanim, that doesn't make sense. Why? Because Klal Yisrael, we don't determine the arrival of Shabbos, right? At the end of the day, Shabbos, Shabbos is Kiddushah Samiatzimo. Therefore, the, intro, the, the way to formulate the bracha is Mekadesh HaShabbos. It's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Rebosh is one who sanctifies the Shabbos. The Yisrael V'Hazmanim. And then ultimately, again, Klal Yisrael goes ahead and takes care of sanctifying the Yom Tiv. So it says, the Gemara Amar Yosef, Halacha Karebi, Ugiditaritz Ravina. The Halacha, in fact, follows Rebbe. That the way you'll end the bracha is Mekadesh HaShabbos V'Yisrael V'Hazmanim, as Ravina explained. Beautiful. Bozielon, continuing on the Tefillah theme. Tan Rabbanon, Shabbos Shechal Yosbura V'Shchodesh HaBechol HaShamoed. If Shabbos falls out on Rosh Chodesh HaChalamayed. Let's see, you know, the formulation here is interesting. Shabbos doesn't usually fall out on something. Something usually falls out on Shabbos. So that's an interesting formulation here. So what happens when Shabbos falls out on Rosh Chodesh Cholamayim? Now, now what I want to point out is as follows. What was happening, what was happening beforehand was Yom Tiv and Shabbos coinciding. Now this is Rosh Chodesh or Cholamayim, which you know, we'll call it as kind of like a step below. So Rosh Chodesh Cholamayim falls out on Shabbos. What's Talacha? Arvis v'shachres u'mincha mispalo sheva. For Mayriv, for Shachris, and for Mincha, we daven seven brachas. And what do you do? You insert Yalav Yavo. So we'll say, so when Rosh Chodesh or Cholamayid fall out on Shabbos, it's a regular Shabbos Shmona Esrei, 
ultimately with Yalevi Yavam. That's Me'in Hama'ora means the tefillah which reflects the nature of the day. Rashi says over here, Rosh Chodesh Omoed, Ba'avoda, ultimately again in, in Ritzei. In Ritzei. Yalevi Yavam. Vim Lo Amar. What happens if you omitted Yalevi Yavam? On Rosh Chodesh or on Cholamayid, Machzir and also the Allah is you have to go back. You have to go back. Rabbi, they both say, now, interesting enough, you know, one of the interesting distinctions between, let's say, Cholamayid and Rosh Chodesh is if Halacha Lamaisa, you forgot Yala Viyavo at night of Rosh Chodesh, what's the Halacha? You don't have to go back. And the logic behind that is the same way that Bezdin is not Makadish the Chodesh at Laila, or Balaila at night, you know, if you omitted Yala Viyavo, you don't have to go back. Interestingly enough, however, halacha lemaisa, if you go ahead and you forget yala v'yavo on yamtiv, right, on yamtiv night, then you do have to go back on chalamai night, and you would have to go back. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Ba'oda. Rabbi Eliezer says that halacha lemaisa, where should you insert, where should you insert the, where, where should you insert the yala v'yavo? In modim. Now, I say, now, why does he say in modim? This is very interesting. Rashi says, Ba'oda, so this is very interesting. His logic is the same way that we insert, that we insert, um, excuse me, Alanisim, Rechanaka and Purim in Modim, so too Rabbi Eliezer feels that Yalev Yovo should go in Modim as well. An interesting machlokus. We know we don't pass in that way, we put it in Ritzei, not after Modim. And in Musaf, in Musaf, we begin with Shabbos and end with Shabbos. In other words, we have yomtiv insertions, but Lamaisa, it's right. We have we have primarily Shabbos brachas. But Omer kedushas hayom beemtsa. We recite kedushim in the middle of the bracha. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Shmuel Benosh, Rabbi Yochanan ben Baraka Omrim. Both of them say komakom shehuskak l'sheva. Any time you have a shemon esri of seven brachas, maschil b'shal Shabbos or misayim b'shal Shabbos. You begin ultimately again with Shabbos. You end with Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And you insert Kiddushas Hayom, meaning Yamtiv, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Rafuna says the Allah does not follow this pair. Good. But say now we are back. Now we are back to Erev Tavshilim. So it says the Gemara as follows. Before we get there, Tashim, other Eruvim. I'm Rabbi Kibar Ashi, I'm Rav. Maniach Adam Eruve Tumin Miyam Tavle Havero Umasne. Now, as I said, now we're talking about over here in a case of in a case of two day Yamtiv of Yamtiv Shani Shalgalbios in Chutzlaaretz, where we operate halachically knowing that one of the days is Yamtiv and one of the days is Chol. So, what happens if a person forgot to make an Eruv Tumin before Yamtiv? What happens? So says the Gemara, You make it tonight. What's the tonight? So on the first day of Yom Tev, you say, I make an Erev Tchumen. If today is Yom Tev, then my statement is meaningless. And if today is not Yom Tev, then ultimately what? The Erev should be Chal. And you do the same exact thing on the second day. This way again, it doesn't really work for the second day, but at least by the first, by the, sorry, by the, sorry, it doesn't work by the first day, but at least by the second day, you do have an intact Eruv Tchumen. Same idea Rava says, you could make an Eruv Tavshilin 
on Yom Tiv. If you forgot to make an Erev Tavshilin before Yom Tiv, Rabbah suggests that Halacha Lamaisa, you can make an Erev Tavshilin on Yom Tiv itself with a Tanai. And what's the same idea? What's the Tanai? If today is Yom Tiv, then my statement is meaningless. But if tomorrow's Yom Tiv, right, on the second day of tomorrow's, right, but tomorrow's Yom Tiv, then ultimately, again, it should be Chal for tomorrow. Second day, if the same, same, make the same tonight, both days, and by definition, by the second day of Yom Tiv, you have an intact Eruv Tavshilin. Kot, so the Gemara says, Man ta'amra Eruvei Tchumin, Kol Sheken Eruvei Tavshilin. So says the Gemara, most of all, if you take a quick look at Rashi, Rashi says, Yom Tov Lechavero, it's right across, so you forgot on Yom Tiv, according to the first opinion that she didn't make an Erev Tchumen, according to the second opinion that she made an Erev Tavshilin. And what happened? If today is a weekday and tomorrow is Kodesh, then my Erev should be an Erev. Vimchalov. So again, Rashi is just pointing out the different Tanoim, because the verbiage of the different Tanoim is a bit different by Tchumen and by Tavshilin. In any event, the mechanics are the same. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, The opinion who holds that you can make an Eruv Tchumen with a Tanai would certainly agree that what? You can make an Eruv Tavshilin with a Tanai as well. Uman damar eruvei tavshilin, but the opinion holds that you can make an eruv tavshilin with a tenai, aval eruvei tchumin lo. But he would hold that aloch alamais, you can't make an eruv tchumin with a tenai. Why not? My taima, delemikne shivisa b'shabsa lo. Because Rabbi say, remember again, eruv tchumin requires what? Acquiring a domicile. The act of acquiring a domicile is not something which should be done on yantiv. In other words, it looks too mechanistic. Looks too mechanistic, and therefore one should avoid it. And I will say that is indeed how we paskin. We'll discuss this, but technically speaking, there is a way to make an Erev Tavshilin in Chutzla Aretz over the course of a two day Yamtiv. But as we saw before, we paskin that Halacha Lamaisa, we don't make an Erev Tchumin or an Erev Chatzeros on Yamtiv at all. Good. Tan Rabbanon. Ain't often me yomtiv lechavero. You can't cook from one day yomtiv to the next. It was actually bake from one day yomtiv to the next day. However, be'emes amru memali isha kala kadera baser. Now both say now. Remember, right now when the gemara talks about baking, right talks about baking, it's really just referring to cooking. So you're not allowed to prepare. We know this. Halacha might say you can't prepare from one day of yomtiv to the next. But interestingly enough, be'emes amru. However, Chazal said. This is very interesting. That when preparing for Yom Tiv, one, need, one need not be exact in their preparations. So in other words, we spoke about this before. If, I'm, if there are five people at my table, I don't have to make five pieces of chicken. In other words, I can go ahead and make many more pieces of chicken. Then I both say, now why is that? Even though I know that I only need five pieces of chicken, or I know out of the five people at my house, only three people eat chicken, still you can make a lot more in the pot. Now why is that permitted? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, And I both say, because interestingly enough, in halacha, we look at the act of cooking, 
excuse me, as one act. It's one act. So in other words, when you're putting chicken in the pot, so we don't view each individual piece of chicken as being its own tircha, but rather we look at the act of cooking as one comprehensive act. So once we look at it that way, then halacha lemaisa, there's no problem to add even more than what you need. Now we'll say, there's another piece to this. The Me'iri has a whole discussion over here, and we'll get to this as well. There's a concept in halacha also called riboy bashiur, and that's what this is, that you don't have to cook exactly, you can add on. The assumption also is that when you cook in greater volume, that goes ahead and that goes ahead and increases, enhances the taste. Now every yeshiva bachar would argue on that <laughs> premise, right? But but lamaisa, when you cook correctly, there's a greater flavor, right? There's a greater intensity. So even if I only need three pieces of chicken, the act of cooking ten together enhances those three that I'm going to eat. That's the svara of ribui bashi urim. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So the Gemara says, Mamali isha kola kedera basar, afa pi she'ina tzricha elechatiha afa. Same idea. Okay, here it's just illustrating with meat. Right? She, a woman could go ahead and fill up an entire pot with meat, even though she only needs one piece. Now, again, Rashi's logic is because it's chad tircha. It's all considered to be the same act of exertion. But lamaisa, but lamaisa, there's also the concept that the more meat, the more meat you have, the greater the flavor intensity. And therefore, again, the greater benefit I derive from it. Similarly, The baker could fill up a barrel of water, could fill up a barrel of, barrel, barrel of water, even though he only needs one jug. So both say, therefore the Gemara says, Avalefos, this is all true when it comes to cooking. Because when it comes to cooking, the assumption is the greater the volume, the better the taste. Avalefos or chatircha. Avalefos, when it comes to baking, eno ofe ela mashet sarichlo. Both say, but the, this is different than baking. When it comes to baking, halachalamaisa, you could only bake that which you need on yamtiv. So, in other words, the Gemara is suggesting over here is the concept of riboy bashiurim. Right, the concept of going ahead and adding on, either because it's one tier. Well, the truth is, really, what it is is it's not one tiercha. Because we'll say, thinking about, think about this just for a moment. When you bake bread, right? It's not that shot. Oh well, I'm baking one loaf. I'm baking ten loaves. Right? At the end of the day, each loaf is its own tiercha. Right? Each loaf is its own expenditure of effort. And therefore, you can only go ahead and bake what you need. So the Gemara says, so how, uh, I'm sorry. It's not true. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon Lazar says, you could even bake a whole oven full of loaves of bread, even if you only need one loaf. Why? Because at the end of the day, one loaf bakes better when the entire oven is full. So Rabbi Shimon Lazar suggests that halacha lemaisa, the same way that cooking a full pot of meat or a full pot of chicken has a positive qualitative effect on the meat and on the chicken, so too cooking a full oven with bread, right? A full oven of bread, even though you only need one loaf, 
has a qualitative positive impact on that one loaf you're going to use. Let's say beautiful Mr. Haskell as well. One loaf, one loaf bakes fine. But when one loaf is in the oven with a whole bunch of other loaves, it's so much better. You could learn on your own, you could steig on your own, you could grow on your own, but at the end, and, and your loaf comes out just fine. But at the end of the day, when you come to the base medrash, at the end of the day, when you surround yourself with chaverim, at the end of the day, when you're part of Wabah Chabura, your loaf comes out so much better. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Halacha, Kerabi Shem and Alazar. Rava said, Halacha, Halazar, Shem and Alazar. Rava said, that indeed is the Halacha. Interestingly enough, now again, it's only the Halacha if it's true. See, Bepashtos, what kind of oven are they referring to over here? They're referring to not our kind of oven, right? Remember, how do they used to bake bread, Rabosai? How do they used to bake bread? You would slap the dough, again, it's not a technical term, but you know, stick the dough against the side of the oven. That's how they're baking bread. So it, it sounds like what they're saying is like this. The less airspace there is in the oven, the more concentrated the heat is, the better the bed, the, the bed, the bread, the bread bakes. So they're both like, while the halacha is true, while the halacha is true, I don't necessarily know that it would be true, you know, for our own baking in our home, right? You could bake on Yom Tiv, but I don't know if you decide you want a fresh cake, you know, a fresh challah on Yom Tiv. So I, I, I don't think one can make the argument that what does it matter if I bake one loaf or if I bake 10 loaves? Lemais, again, I don't know that the qualitative impact of baking more together in an oven would apply to our particular type of setup. But again, but halacha lemaisa, the Gemara says the svara does apply. Listen to this interesting shaila. So I didn't make an Erev Tavshilin. I didn't make an Erev Tavshilin. Okay, so obviously now I can't go ahead and cook, right? I can't cook. So now what's the shaila? I, I can't cook. Is my, now the Gemara is asking about my flour, but it's not just flour, it's my ingredients in general. Are my ingredients usser or not? Right? Are my ingredients usser or not? So is the isser to prepare now for yomtiv just devolve upon me? Or does it devolve upon me and my ingredients as well? So the Gemara says, Oh, Dilma, who no, Maybe no. Maybe I can't cook, but my ingredients are just fine. So lamai nafkamina, what exactly does this mean? What's the nafkamina over here? Says the Gemara, Laknuye kimcho laacherim. Can I go ahead or do I have to go ahead and be makne my kemach to other people? Now, Bose, now what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. So, Bose, listen to this. If, let's say, other people want to prepare for me, so do I have to be makne? Do I have to convey ownership of my kemach to them? Of my flour, my ingredients. And I both say, now, how do we decide that, Shaila? It depends. What does it depend on? If my kemach is not usher, if the isser is just on me, right, but not on my kemach, then what? <coughs> then what? Anyone could potentially prepare for me using my ingredients. But if my kemach is usher, then the only way someone could prepare for me with my ingredients is how? Is how? Is if I transfer ownership of my ingredients over to them. So that now it's no longer my ingredients. Therefore, there's no isra upon those ingredients. And someone else has the ability to prepare. Here we go. 
If you say that I am Asr and my ingredients become Asr as well, then I have to convey ownership of my Kemach to other people. But if you say only I become Asr, but my ingredients do not become Asr, then then others, then I don't have to be makna, and others, under certain circumstances, would be able to go ahead and prepare for me. So my, what's the Tashma, so listen to this. If you did not make an Erev Tavshilin, so then you can't bake, you can't cook, you can't insulate pots, right? Not for yourself and not for others. And other people can't cook or bake for me. So the Gemara says, So what do I do? Okay, so I forgot an ear of Tavshilin, but I still need to eat. So what do I do? Kesadu Osa, makne kemchol You should be makne your ingredients to someone else. In other words, convey ownership of your ingredients to someone else. Va'ofinlo umevashlin lo, and they will cook for me and bake for me. What do you see from here? Shmamina hune esar bekimchol esar shmamina. We'll say amazing enough. What do you see from here? That when you fail to make an eruv Tavshilin, I become aser, right? I, the person who didn't make the eruv. And my ingredients as well. And my ingredients as well. To mean that what? That if someone else is going to prepare for me, I actually have to be makna my ingredients over to them. Now this is interesting because normally we would try to avoid kinyanam on Shabbos as well. But Lamaisa in a situation like this, he would be able to be makna his ingredients over to someone else. But let's say you see an incredible lesson in this, which is what? You know, when I make the bad decisions in life, my bad decisions, which again, Baruch Hashem, I just want to point out, isn't it incredible that now each of us, we can say, I have not yet made any bad decisions in life, right? Hopefully, right? Hopefully, right? A brand new slate, a brand new year. I can honestly make this statement. I haven't yet made any bad decisions. What is schus to be able to make that statement? Halavai should be able to make it for much longer. But I want to point out over here, what do you see from here? That when you make bad decisions, when a person makes bad decisions in life, those bad decisions don't just impact me. Those bad decisions have an impact on other things in life. It's so important because often we make siloed decisions, right? I make a decision and I figure the only person this decision impacts is me. And the only thing it impacts is this, is this Matthias. And then we discover, unfortunately, that often our decisions have a ripple effect. So you see from here, the guy goes ahead and decides not to make an Erev Tavshilin. And what happens? It doesn't only impact you, it even impacts your ingredients. Every decision has a ripple effect. So the Gemara goes like, It's an interesting Shaila. What happens if a person didn't make an Erev Tavshilin, but they still went ahead and cooked? They still went ahead and cooked. What is the status of the food? So, if someone didn't make an Erev Tavshilin, so what should he do? What's as we just said before? If you didn't make an Erev Tavshilin, what should you do? Be makne your ingredients to someone else, and they'll prepare for you. And they'll prepare for you. Amad Beis. Listen now, if it's true that if you just cooked anyway, that or if you right, if you just cooked anyway, that halacha la it's mutter, they should have put that in there. In other words, 
they should have put another case. If a person didn't make an Erev, but cooked anyway, ultimately, again, his food is mutter. The fact that that's not there would seem to indicate that the food is asr. The Tana is trying to find a mutter way to remedy your situation. If a person did not go ahead and make an Eruv Tavshilin, so the Tana is trying to give you a permitted way to remedy that problem. The Tana is not going to advise you to cook anyway, because ex post facto, that which you prepared is going to be mutter. So the Gemara says, Tashma, let's analyze a bit more. If somebody made an Eruv Tavshilin, based on that, he can bake, he can cook, he can insulate. But if he wants to go ahead and eat his Eruv, he's permitted to do so. You could eat your Eruv if you want to. However, But if you ended up eating your Eruv, before you baked, or before you cooked, or before you did atmara, hare ze lo yofe velo yivash, velo yatmin, lo lo, velo la'achirim. Both say, if you end up eating your eruv before you could prepare anything, then you can't prepare. You can't prepare, not for yourself, not for others. Velo achirin ofen umevashlin lo. And other people can't prepare for him as well. Avo mevashuhu liyamtiv. So both say, it's actually interesting. What can you do? If you go ahead and you forgot to make an Eruv, so the Gemara says, You could cook for Yomtiv. Because remember again, remember, you only need an Eruv Tavshilin for what? For what? For Yomtiv preparing it to Shabbos. You could still cook on Yomtiv. But interestingly, so we'll say, so going back to our previous Sugya, if you forgot an Eruv Tavshilin, there is a potential saving grace, which is what? Ribui Bashiurim cooking a lot for yomtiv. Because remember again, as we pointed out, you could overcook for yomtiv, knowing that you're overcooking, with the premise that at the end of the day, there's a taste benefit, right? For increasing the volume. And that way you have left over for Shabbos. Obilvad shelo ya'arim. Ultimately, again, as long as what? As long as you don't employ a subterfuge, right? So I'll say, now what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Shelo ya'arim. La'achar shabich shal lomar Shabbos, listen to this. Here's that Rama. Imagine the following situation. You had lunch, right? You had lunch. And now you said, you know what? You realize, oh, I didn't make an error of Tavshilin. So you say to yourself, you know, we have unexpected company that stops by all the time. Let me just whip up four briskets, right? Then a couple of sides, just in case company stops by. Shabbosay, and I want to point out, there is a concept in halacha, we'll get to this, of preparing food for guests in the event that they come over, right? There, there is a concept like that. It has to be reasonable, though. So that's when the Gemara says over here, if you realize, now, again, as opposed to say, if you're preparing your yamtiv food, there's absolutely no problem with increasing the volume. If you're looking at Rashi, Rashi goes on, he says, Aval bikidira achos, Remember again, when you're actually preparing your yom tov su'uda, adding in extra food, that's fine. 
That's totally fine. That's not considered harama. That's not considered to be like a, you know, like a wink wink or a subterfuge. That's considered to be a normative act of food preparation for yamtiv. And Allah Khalamais again, the Svar according to Rashi, Chad Tirchat, it's all the same exertion. There's no exertion in putting in extra chicken into the pot. Or according to the Me'iri, ultimately again, it, 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 it enhances the taste value. Again, what they're talking about over here is after your su'uda, after your su'uda, preparing another su'uda because quote unquote, oh, maybe guests will come over when you know full well that you're doing this for Shabbos. Vim harim, and I both say, if you did this, if you did this, asr. Ultimately, again, the food is asr. So I both say, it's actually quite dramatic. So if you did employ a subterfuge, and after your sudan yamtiv, you mamish prepared another suda, you said that it's for archim, but it's clear circumstantially that you're doing this for Shabbos, the food will be asr. So I both say, so remember again, I just want to point out, what are we trying to figure out over here? The Gemara is a simple question, which is, if a person went ahead and didn't make an Erev, but cooked anyway, is the food mutter or not? That's what the Gemara is trying to figure out over here. Now, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, you see from this case that what? That if you prepare food in a subterfuged fashion, right? That the right using harama, that the food is going to be asr. So the Gemara wants to suggest, the Gemara's assumption, even though it doesn't say it explicitly, is the same way that employing food with harama is going to be asr, so too if you didn't have an air of tafshilin and you cooked anyway, your food will be asr as well. The will say to which the Gemara says something absolutely startling. Amravashi, harama ka'amrit, you're bringing up a case of harama, shiny harama, da'achmiru ba'rabanan tfei mimezid. The will say, listen to this. Harama is different, employing a subterfuge is different, because Chazal were more machmer with Harama than they are with a mazid. They will say, this is incredible. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, shiny Harama, the olam avar va'afar mutter. It could very well be that if you didn't have an air of tafshilin, but you cooked anyway, it'll be mutter. Even though you did something wrong, it'll be mutter. It'll be mutter. So the Gemara says, Va'arama ain't a raya. You can't bring a raya from the Arama case. Why not? Lakan. The shiny ha'arama mimezid. The ika lameimar achmer barabanon ba'arama tfemimezid. Because the Rabbanon were more machmer with ha'arama than with mezid. The ilu mezid rashahu. La'avra al-divri chachamim. Ve'ein achirim lameidim heimenu. Fu'atzmo masim masim alibo v'shav. Hilchach lo ma'akra toras erev. Rabbo say, listen to this. Says the Gemara, Harama is worse than is worse than Mazid. Why? Because we will say there's a twofold concern over here. There's what the action means for me, and there's the potential Maris Ayin issue. What the Maris Ayin issue, I will say, is if somebody engages in Harama, right? Remember, the whole chap with Harama is it looks mutter, right? It looks mutter, but it's really usser. So a person will see me preparing my four briskets and three sides after I finish lunch. Because guests make quote unquote come over and people will say, oh, that looks pretty mutter, right? So I'll do that also, right? As opposed to the case of mazid, people generally know when a mazid. They generally know a mazid and no one comes to learn from a mazid. I will say, but there's another piece as well, which is the personalistic piece. See, I will say, when a person is a mazid, when a person is a mazid, they know that what? I know what I'm doing is wrong. When I know what I'm doing is wrong, there's a greater probability that I'll come to fix it. Harama means I'm employing a subterfuge. 
When people use harama, often what happens? They convince themselves that what they're doing is really okay. And when I convince myself that what I'm doing is okay, then what? It's almost virtually impossible to ever become a Baal Tshuva. I will say, isn't this incredible? That I'm not Yom Kippur on Isru Chag, right? We have a Gemara about Tshuva. Gemara about Tshuva. Do you know why? Because when does Tshuva start? When does Tshuva really start? It already started in Mariv. Why do we say in Mariv last night? Slach lanu avinu ki chatanu. Mechal lanu makinu ki fashanu. Tshuva always starts because it's great to be a Baal Tshuva and it's great to be a perpetual Baal Tshuva. And I will say, but what an incredible you sowed. The worst thing in life. See, we all commit Averos. Halavai, not yet. Not yet. Maybe we could, we could hold out for another couple of hours, right? But it'll happen. We all commit Averos. We all commit Averos. The most important thing in the world of sin is own it. Own it. Be amazed. Now, let me qualify that, right? Let me qualify that very carefully. Right? I was like, maybe it's Hashgacha, YouTube isn't working this morning, right? right? So, so be amazed. That what? If, it, if you do something, own it. Own it. Don't explain it away. Because if you we see people say, this is my simachoyon, people, it, it's incredible. You know, if Shamshan Afal Hirsch says, why did Klaali Yisrael go ahead and build the golden calf? Why did they build the eagle? Because they wanted immorality. <laughs> but they wanted a system that supported immorality. Nobody wants to be a sinner. So I'm not a sinner. I just subscribe to a different hashkafa. Right? And my hashkafa allows this. My halacha allows this. My religion allows this. So I will say, and that's dangerous. Because at the end of the day, when I justify my actions, it's so difficult to ever turn them around. But if I accept the premise that I sin, and I acknowledge my sins, I know I'm not perfect, so of course I do many things wrong, but I acknowledge and I own the fact that it's wrong. If I'm amazed and I understand that what I'm doing is wrong, then there's a much better possibility and probability that I will come to fix it. But if I spend my life explaining away my averus or my erroneous lifestyles or the things that I just do wrong, then at the end of the day, unfortunately, harama has an incredible way of becoming heter. And once it becomes heter, it's so difficult, says Rashi, to become a Baal Incredible. Beishamai says, you can only bake on Yom Tiv if what? If you made an Erev with bread. And Beishamai says, you can only cook if you made an Erev with a cooked food. And you can only insulate if you had pots insulated from Erev Yamtiv. Beishamai has a fascinating shita. They said Erev Tavshilin has to be comprised of a baked item, a cooked item, and if you want to insulate pots on, on Yamtiv for Shabbos, an insulated item. In other words, that you need an Erev for every single type of thing you're going to do. Now in yesterday's daf, we saw that the Erev must be comprised of a cooked item. Bread by itself does not work. Bread by itself does not work. You have to have a cooked item. That's all you need, one cooked item, and that one cooked item is the entire, the entire Erev. So the Gemara says, Tanan. So again, we're still trying to figure out if I violated and I and I and I made and I I cooked without an ear of tafshilin. 
is the food mutter or not? So we're going to bring a couple of cases. Let's say you tied your fruits on Shabbos. Not allowed to tie it on Shabbos. Right? You took Meiser on Shabbos. If you did a Beshoge, you could eat your fruit. The Mezid, you can't eat your fruit. So you see from here that if you commit an act of Mezid, the food becomes Aser. That case could be a case where I have other fruit. I have other fruit. So because I have other fruit to eat, I can't eat the illegally tied fruit. Tashma, hamat mil kela b'shabis. If it was a yutovi, you kill him on Shabbos. You take your kill him to the mikveh. Again, you're not supposed to do it, tikkun mana. But if you did it, b'shoge yishtamish pan. If you did it unintentionally, you can go ahead and use them. B'mezid lo yishtamish pan. If you did it intentionally, you can't use them. So you see, once again, mezid is aser. To which the yomar salotzicha de isle mani achrimini. It could be that a person has other utensils in this case. That's why you're not allowed to use it. Inami afshar b'she'ila. The other possibility is you could always borrow utensils. Tashma hamavashlo b'shabbos. If a person goes in and cooks on Shabbos, b'shogeg yochal. If you cook b'shogeg, ultimately again it is permitted. B'meizid lo yochal. But if you did it unintentionally, if you did it intentionally. You're not allowed to eat it. So you see from here, what Rabbi say that mazid, that mazid ultimately again is going to be aser. So Rabbi say to which the Gemara says, maybe, maybe Shabbos shiny, Isura de Shabbos shiny. The Isra of Shabbos ultimately again will be different than any other Isra. But say halacha lemaisa. How do we paskin if a person went ahead and cooked with it without an ear of tafshilin? What is the halacha? So in Simon Tov Kuf Chav Zayin Sif Chav Gimel. Ultimately, again, that locha is, it's mutter. So as much, of course, as you're not supposed to do it, if you ended up cooking b'mezid without an ear of tavshilin, the food is going to be mutter. So let's go weiter a little bit. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Who's Samya? Oh, I'm sorry, wrong daf. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sa- says the Gemara. Beishamai omrim shnei tavshilin. Beishamai says you need two cooked dishes. Two cooked dishes for erev tavshilin. Mas nisin deloki hai tano. Our mission does not reflect the following tano. Desanyo omrim shemin alazar modim beishamai beisela al shnei tavshilin shetzarich. Sirvo said, listen to this. There's another brisa. In our Mishnah, there was machlokis about whether or not you need one tafshil or two tafshilin. Beisilo says one tafshil, one cooked food. Beishamai says two. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says over here, Bishim and says there's another version of this. And in this other version, Beisham and Beisilo both agree that what? You need shnei tafshilin. You need shnei tafshilin. What was their machlokis? Aman nechloku al dag ubeitza sha'alav. The machlokis of Osai was what constitutes shnei tafshilin. What constitutes shnei tafshilin? Shebe shamer omr shnei tafshilin ubeisila. So ultimately, for example, dag ubeisila. Let's say you have a fish and you have an egg on top of the fish. Right? You put an egg on the fish. So what's talacha? Shebe shamer omr shnei tafshilin. Beishamai says that counts as two food items. Ubeisila omrim tafshil echad. Beisila says no, that's only one tafshil. But they both agree. That if you mashed an egg and put that in the fish, or you mashed leeks and you put that in the fish, ultimately again, that there are two tafshilin. Rava said, follows our tana, like Beisilo, that you only need one tafshil for Eruv tafshilin. Abba says, just finished the Mishnah, says the Gemara, remember again, if you lose your Eruv, or you eat your Eruv, 
before you have, before you have a chance to prepare, then halacha lamaisi, you cannot, you can no longer utilize that erev, which makes sense. It's no longer in existence. Amra bayi naktinon, we learned, hischil bi'isaso v'ne'achal eruvo gomer. Both say an interesting case. What happens if you began to bake your bread? And what happens in the course of baking, in the course of baking, in the course of preparation, your eruv disappears, right? What's the halacha? Once you started, ultimately again, you could finish. I will say, just allow me to, cl- to close out the sugya with one important piece of halacha, the maisa. So I will say, so just so you know, so how do we make an eruv tafshilin? Just very quickly, there's so much more to the sugya of eruv tafshilin, but I just want to point out, I want to end off just with, what should you be making the eruv tafshilin with? So the Shulchan Aruch and Simen Tav Kuf Chav Zayin Sif Bey says as follows: Eruv Zeh, when we make an Eruv Tavshilin, Osin Bepas Vitavshil. We make an Eruv with bread and with a cooked food. Now the reason we do that is in deference to the opinion that we just saw before, namely that really Eruv Tavshilin should cover both Bishul and Afia independently. Right? We don't really do it for Hatmana because we assume that Hatmana is included. Right? It's just like Hadlaka, Hadlaka Sneros, everything else is included. But we have one cooked item, one baked item. That's why people will often set aside a chalorol, a piece of matzah. Remember again, as we saw in two days ago, halacha lamaisa, or yesterday, halacha lamaisa, the food doesn't have to be specifically prepared for Eruv. So you could take a chalorol that you had already, or a piece of matzah that you had already, and one cooked food as well. A piece of fish, a piece of chicken, but that's how you do it. What happens if you forgot the baked item and you only had the tafshil? What's ta'alacha? Mutter. Ultimately, it works. Why? Because me'ikra didn't we paskin like basilal. That really all you need is tafshil echad. But in order to satisfy all of the opinions, we have something that is afui, something that is mavushal, something that is baked, something that is cooked, covering of tafshil on all bases, What's that? Shkoyach. Shkoyach.